Yo, it's your host Ken with two ends, man. Welcome back to another episode of Blacks. Yes, Blacks, the podcast dedicated to empowering, uplifting, elevating, and educating the Black Nation, man. What's new? What's goody? What's popping? First and foremost, follow your boy. Follow the kid, man. Show me some love. Leave a rating. Leave a review. Let me know some. All right. Alright man, you, you see the title, you're looking at the description. Yes, we're talking about the black codes and mass incarceration. I haven't given you guys uh, a sort of like straightforward excuse me, educational episode in a while. Also we're getting back to the goodie bag on this one. Also I haven't done the goodie bag in a while, so you know we gotta bring back the goodie bag. But um yeah man, a lot of game up in this one, so Soak up, man. Be a sponge. Soak up game. Get hip. The most important part of knowledge is application, man. Use this knowledge that I am bestowing upon you. I've done the I've done the work. I did the liberty of doing the research and presenting it to you. Therefore, I think that the most appreciation that can be shown is for you to share and apply or apply and share this information man but um yeah man i hope you guys enjoyed the episode leave all comments questions and suggestions at my instagram underscore k.en or at the uh official podcast email which is down in the description and details but without further ado let's get into the episode man black codes and mass incarceration. I love you. Blah, blah, blah. Tis good, my black kings, my black queens, and my people of the king. Dumb. Let's get straight into it. Black codes and mass incarceration. All right, first we're going first first things first, man. We're going we're going to go over some definitions and some examples, right? And then we're going then we're going to get into the juiciness, all right? I got my notes so you already know it's all she wrote, all right? First definition, black codes. Black codes were restrictive laws designed to limit the freedom of African Americans and ensure their availability as a cheap labor force after slavery was abolished during the Civil War. In 1865, Mississippi and South Carolina enacted the first black codes. Mississippi required, okay, so one black code, was in was in Mississippi. Mississippi required black people to have written evidence of employment for the coming year each January. If they left before the end of the contract, they would be forced to forfeit earlier wages and were subject to arrest. <clears throat> the black code in South Carolina. And then in South Carolina there was a law that prohibited black people from holding any 
occupation other than farmer or servant unless they paid an annual tax of 10 to a hundred dollars this provision hit free black people already living in Charleston and former slave artisans especially hard so in both states black people were given heavy 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 penalties for vagrancy including forced plantation labor all right another term that contributes to the black codes and mass incarceration is the 13th amendment the 13th amendment to the constitution literally states and i quote neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except except as a punishment for crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. So the 13th Amendment literally states that you can be a slave as punishment for committing a crime. It is legal for you. It says neither, it explicitly states neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as a punishment for crime so you can literally be a slave in 2021 if you commit a crime now isn't that isn't that kind of crazy how blatant they put in there that if you do commit a crime we will make you a slave if you commit a crime, you will become a slave as punishment. And one more thing that contributes to black codes and mass incarceration, that's Jim Crow laws. Jim Crow laws were a collection of state and local statutes that legalized racial segregation from post-Civil War until 1960, until 19. 1968. My grandparents were born in 1953. So my grandparents experienced what? 15 years of Jim Crow laws? See, Jim Crow laws were meant to marginalize African Americans by denying them the right to vote, hold jobs, get an education get an education and among like many many other opportunities and any defiance of these laws often resulted in arrest fines jail time violence and even death how does this come all together well you know there's a stereotype that black people are innately criminals that we are innately somehow some way we just possess a certain level of evil within us that we are by nature stereotypically criminals. And this is very evident based on racial profiling. You know, the classic example, you walking somewhere, white ladies, you're walking down the sidewalk, white lady 
walking up the sidewalk. She has her purse. She clutches her purse tighter when she walks past you. You are you in an eye. You you and a white person make eye contact. Y'all the only ones on the sidewalk. Y'all make eye contact. This person, the white person crosses the street. Or you're in the grocery store and you walk down an aisle and you walk past a, a white person and their child and they bring their child closer to them once they see you. Like you don't even have to walk past them. You just They just see you at the top of the aisle and just automatically, like not even thinking about it subconsciously, grab their child and pull them closer as if you want to do harm to your child. Lady, I don't care about your child. I'm just trying to get some taco seasoning for Taco Tuesday. All right? I don't I don't care about your I don't care about little Lucy over there. I'm trying to get taco seasoning for Taco Tuesday. I don't care about anything you got going on. Right? And so like I like I mentioned some of some of the one of the uh one of the repercussions to Defying the Jim Crow laws was fines, right? So, if you were unable to pay a fine, that usually resulted in the court being able to hire out black people, excuse me, to employers until they worked off their balances or worked off their debt. And this was more often than not done in slave-like environments. Each state determined when to work, the kind of work that you would do, and for how long you would work. And this was not just men. There were women and children included. There were even children as young as six years old that were forced to work. Imagine your child, if you have a six-year-old, a seven-year-old, eight-year-old, a teenager being forced to work in slave-like conditions. Imagine that, right? And all of this contributes, all of this contribute, contributed and continues to contribute to the mass incarceration of black people, specifically black men. See, in 1874, from 1874 until 1877, Alabama's prison population tripled. 90%. It tripled from 1874 to 1877. And 90% of its new convicts were black. And then, to make matters worse, they changed low-level offenses and reclassed them as felonies, one being such as cattle theft. Cattle theft was a low-level offense, a misdemeanor, a slap on the wrist, but so that they could purposefully trap black people in the system. They changed it and other offense, other low-level offenses like this to felonies. See, in 2016, the Washington Post reported that 7.7% of black men between the ages of 25 to 54 were institutionalized compared 
to 1.6% of white men. This was in 2016, five years ago, half a decade ago, 7.7% of black men between the ages of 25 to 54 were institutionalized compared to the 1.6, the measly, the minuscule, the microscopic one, the atomic level of 1.6% of white men. And see, over the past 40 years, over the past four decades, the prison population has quintupled. That means times five has quintupled. And one out of every nine black children has a parent in prison. One out of every nine. So you go into, you go into a classroom, right? You go into like an elementary school classroom, middle school classroom. And there's 21 students in that class. You break them up into three groups of nine. You got nine right here, nine right there, nine over here. In each of those groups of nine, there is one child, one black child, whose parent is in prison. That is three children who are missing a parent due to unlawful and absurd incarceration rates solely because or mostly because of the color of the skin of their parent. And see, what, what makes it even worse is that ex-convicts can't vote or get jobs, which increases the chances of them becoming repeat offenders, and now they're caught in the cycle. You see what I mean? So you, you, you go to prison, you you commit a you commit a crime, it's a felony. You go to prison, you do the time, you come out. You cannot vote, cool, whatever. You you also cannot get a job. You cannot get a decent job. Everybody's telling you no, 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 no. Shutting the door in your face. So what do you do? Let's say your friend, you you were distributing. You 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 need the money. You're trying to take care of your family. Nobody will hire you. You fall on hard times. You feel like this is a last resort situation, so what do you do? You act on your last resort. You go back to distributing, and then you get caught again, and now you're back in jail. That's two strikes. Then you get out. Now you got two times the force against you because now you're a two-time felon. You, go, you get down bad again, last resort, go back to distributing. Three strikes, you're out. You're done. Your life is in prison. You will die incarcerated. Three strikes and you're out. Your third strike doesn't even... You don't even have to go back to distributing. Let's say you do. You are able to get a job, but your job is not paying enough. Barely making ends meet. Your children are hungry, right? So you, you, you go to the store. You go to a little gas station, right? And you steal some noodles for your kids. You get caught. That's a felony. That's your third strike. You're in prison for life for stealing noodles. But see, you didn't steal the noodles just to steal them. You stole them because you're a two-time felon. 
the system is working against you because they won't allow you to get a job so you can barely feed your kids and you feel that you have to steal to feed them. You get caught. Your third strike comes from stealing noodles and now you will decay slowly in a cell behind bars. Think about that. Your child will see you from behind a glass because all that you were trying to do was make a way for your family, make a way for your children. You just wanted them to eat. So you felt like you did what was necessary. But unfortunately, you got caught. That was your third strike. So now you're in prison for life. See, all of this, all of this connects, all of this runs together because, see, the black codes in, in, in cahoots with the 13th Amendment and Jim Crow laws, all of this sets black people up for mass incarceration. Everything that I've stated works against black people. We could get locked up, fined, arrested, beat, killed for any small offense. Any small offense. They literally tell us that you're not a slave, but we can make you one if you choose to disobey the law. We, we will make you our slave. According to yesterday, June 16, 2021, there are 332 million people in the United States, right? Based off the 2020 census, 60.1% of the population is white. Black people make up 12.2% of the population. According to last weekend, June 12, 2021, whites make up 57.8% of the prison population, whereas blacks make up 38.4% of the prison population. Now, listen to this. White people make up well over half of the population, 60.1%. Black people, we are under 13% of the population. We are 12.2% of the population. But we make up 38.4% of the prison population. Now, what I want to talk about now that you've, I've, I've given you the facts, let's, let's get into, and I haven't done this in a while, I got to get back to it. Let's get into the goodie bag, right? What are we taking away from this information that I just laid, this game I just laid on you, right? What are we, we're going to take away the, the, the effects. What exactly are the effects of, mass, of the Black Codes, 13th Amendment, Jim Crow, mass incarceration on the black nation, right? Well, number one, first and foremost, we have single parents, more specifically, single black mothers. They are locking up our black men. And we have more single black. See, it's not just, I, I know I talk about the absence of black fathers, but it's not just the absence. It's not always their fault. A lot of our brothers are wrongfully accused and convicted and are doing time, doing unnecessary time. 
Yes, they may have committed a crime, but do you, see? I'm not even gonna get into the stat of the 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 difference, the stark difference in the amount of sentencing between whites and blacks. We won't get into that today, but we will get into that eventually. But yes, on average, black people do serve more time for the same offenses than any other race in the United States. So our black men are being kept from the home longer than they need to be, longer than they should be. So now we have single black mothers out here struggling to raise these young black girls and these young black boys. Unfortunately, consequentially, raising a weaker black man, not because she wants to, but because she biologically, as I stated in the last episode, she biologically cannot teach a boy how to become a man, right? Therefore, he picks up on these feminine ways and, and mannerisms and behavior, and he becomes a little less of a man if he doesn't have a manly figure in his life. See, that's just one of the effects. Single black mothers. We not there, There's so much more such as emotional distress kids not even some kids not even knowing their fathers because their father may have got locked up before they were birthed and now they're serving their time these children have never met their father and some of them the first time they meet their father is behind a glass right it's behind a glass they don't get to touch their father they don't get to know what his skin feels like they don't get to feel the true essence and his and his presence in the home. They don't get that privilege because the system has been built against us. You see, it's it's tough to think that so much has been put against us, right? And we fight 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 and we fight. Yet we haven't really made much progress. We're still pretty much in the in the same Positions, like I said many episodes, a few episodes ago, Denzel Washington said in one of his most famous speeches, don't confuse movement with progress. As a nation, yes, we have been moving, but we haven't progressed much. We've made strides, but the strides that we've made have been in quicksand. We're moving very, very slowly, taking strides, but also sinking at the same time. See, that just doesn't. It doesn't work. So what do we do? What what are we going to do? What is our next step? I think our next step, well, one of our next steps should, should obviously be we have to stop. We, ha- we have to stop blaming everything on other races or we, we have to stop blaming everything on the white person. At some point, we do have to take it, take into it. Basically, what I'm saying is we, we have to stop trying to get white people to see or to get white people to understand where we're coming from and feel sympathy for us and then take that sympathy and turn it into action. No, we have to get out and do the work ourselves. Nobody's going to do the work for us. We have to do it. We cannot rely and expect another race to feel sympathy for us just because of what they've done to us and continue to do to us as a way to get what we want, as a way to get the changes that we need. It just doesn't work like that. And it's never going to work like that. 
sure, you have a couple that may feel sympathy, that may feel bad for you. Cool. But that is a minority compared to the majority that don't care what the system has done to you and what it continues to do to you and your people, our people. They don't care. because it's Why? Because it's not their problem. So why should they? This is our problem. We need to deal with it. Yes, somebody else caused it, but so what? Somebody else caused it. Let's take it into our hands and fix it. See, it's, it's, it's hard to face that reality. It's hard to have somebody do wrong to you and you want them to correct it, but they don't care about correcting it. See, nobody wants to be the bigger person because it's hard. It's hard to be the bigger person because you feel like you're getting slapped in the face and you're not doing anything about it. So it's, it, I get, I understand it's hard to turn the other cheek. And that's definitely not what I'm asking. We definitely do not need to be turning the other cheek. However, we receive a slap in the face. Right. Cool. Noted. Next time this person even shows an inkling that they may try to do such harm, we have prepared ourselves because of our last experience. So what are we doing? We're either mm, catching that, mm, ducking it, mm, weaving that. We don't have to necessarily hit back. But if your target can't hit you, then what what good is their their harm? What good is their experience if you're more skilled? You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm getting at? So it's like, like I said, it's hard to have someone else cause a problem for you and you feel like they should be the ones correct to correct it, but you know that they won't. So now it's time for us to step up and correct it. Mass incarceration is something that has been going on and it continues to go on. We have to somehow, some way find out ways that we can slow it. We right we 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 can't focus on stopping it right now. It's, it's just it's at a point where stopping it would be a nearly impossible task. We have to find a way to slow it down first, to weaken it first, and then attack it with all of our force at the point of destruction, right? At its weakest point. And so I, I feel like one way that we can do that is, like I said, providing these single black mothers who are raising black boys with manly figures, men, good man, good male role models, good Good black male role models. You see what I'm saying? Guys that are that have that that just have have discipline, have structure, are organized, educated. And I'm not talking about institutional education. I'm talking about educated in life. They know how to live life. They know how to conduct themselves as a black man within a white society. They know the do's and don'ts, the in and outs, the ups, the downs, the lefts. And rights. They know what can be done, what cannot be done. If you're prey and you're being chased by a predator, right? And you're in a terrain where, let's say you're in a terrain that your predator knows better than you. Who do you think wins that matchup? You or the predator? Obviously the predator because they know that environment more than you. But see, you take a prey that lives in that environment, the same one as that predator, that predator now has a harder time trying to catch that prey. 
the predator's chances of catching that prey significantly decreases. See, the analogy that I'm getting at here is that we are the white man's prey. We are living in his environment currently. And I think that some of us are not taking it serious enough to learn the environment so that we cannot be caught as easily, so that we cannot become the next meal, right? See, if we continue to be a, a gazelle in the jungle, we'll get caught every time. But if we become, let's say, I don't know, what, what kind of prey is in the, a toucan? Let's say we become a toucan. Toucans live in the jungle. Uh, some type of prey chase that eats toucans, I don't know. We, now we are less likely to be caught because we are well-versed in that environment. We know the ins and outs, the ups, downs, the left, the right. We can navigate and escape being prey multiple, multiple times. And see, eventually what happens is the predator, he starves. You starve out the predator. He becomes weakened. And that's when you attack. That's when the predator now becomes the prey. And see, that's what we have to do. We have to flip the script on this mass incarceration. We have to find a way to navigate ourselves, navigate our lives in such a way that we become well-versed in the white man's society to where he cannot catch us. We cannot become his next meal. We starve him out. We tire him out. And then we, in turn, make the predator our prey. And see, that's my philosophy on how we, how we can really turn this thing around, how we can have it to where 12.2% of the population is black and we can decrease our institutionalized population from 38.4% to whatever percent that's under that, let's say 15%. Let's, let's cut it in half, basically, or 20%. Let's cut it in half. But see, it takes a group effort, though. It, it, it can't just be a handful of people. It takes the nation. It takes all 12.2% of us to really contribute to this and to really want this and to to like I said we have we have to we have to we have to take the high road right they may go low they may try to sweep our feet from up under us but we have to persevere take the high road and be the bigger person as hard as it may be i feel as though it is what will benefit us the most now don't get me wrong in times of appropriate retaliation yes conduct yourself appropriately please by all means if force is necessary use it but try to refrain from it when the situation can be de-escalated de-escalated without force but like i said when it's necessary use it i'm not telling you to just sit there and just take anything no because i myself am not gonna sit here and just take anything no that's a no-go and I, I'm not, I wouldn't do that, so I wouldn't advise you do that. But in a situation where force is not necessary, don't use it. Because now you're setting yourself up. You're falling into the trap. You're now becoming the gazelle in the jungle who will inevitably become the next meal to the predator. So I just gave you a lot within the goodie bag, man. We haven't did a goodie bag in a while, so I had to fill it up this time, man. Take and use this information and spread it, man. This is, this is something that is very, very, very important. And uh, something that we don't, we, we, we talk about, but we don't really, as a nation, we don't really do much about it. All we, all we really do is sit and talk about it. And so it's time for, it's been time for change. I say it's time for, it's, it's, it's well, well past due time for change, man. So 
Anyway, that's it for today's episode, man. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Please share this and just be great, man. Go out there, be black, and be great. Black peace, black love, black soul. I love y'all, man. Be safe. We out. Peace.